Bakuji Podcast. I'm Lauren Tossi. And I'm Ryan Tossi. And you are here for our 2022 Academy Awards wrap-up show, which, Lauren, was very, you know, uneventful. It was bland. Boring. You know? Unmemorable. Nobody will be talking about it. <laughs> no, I honestly, you know, every Oscars year, I think, I just want something big to happen. And when it doesn't, you know, it's just, I, I'm left empty. I'm left hollow. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> Why would they want something that everybody is going to be talking about? I mean, mission accomplished, if that's what they're going. Everything was going so, so well. So well. So well. And then. And then just... the thing happened. And look, we will we will talk about the major thing, obviously, that happens at the Oscars telecast. Um, and if we are the first thing you're listening to this morning, first, thank you. Second, ooh, do we have a story for you? Well, and honestly, like, do you live in a cave? Like, that's actually my question, if this is the first time you're hearing well, this Lauren's information. Lauren's question is, why did you? not watch the oscars well yes there's always that question hanging out there but it's it's interesting you and i when the great la la land moonlight debacle happened we did not have a podcast we just stayed up till like four o'clock in the morning rewinding the tape and going frame by frame and you and i were obsessive it was great it was like we were investigating like we had been commissioned by congress to find out what had happened here and like we really took it seriously and this, I'm just, I'm in the weeds about it. I've got to be honest. Um, I'm still not completely um, sure of what I saw. And I've seen a lot of footage to tell me what I saw, but I'm still, I'm scratching my head at this point. There's there's a joke in hockey of, you know, I went to a, um, a fight and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> um, this was, I went to an award show and, you know, yeah. Um, uh, no, a slapping happened. <laughs> there's, let's just all be clear. There was not a fight. A slapping <laughs> occurred. He got in one little fight and Chris Rock got scared. No, that's the thing. Chris Rock. And now he's... I've never seen someone take a hit Moving so with clean. His and uncle. Yeah. I, honestly, like all, you know, let's say this at the top and then let's get into some of the more fun parts, the awards yeah. and such, you know, the reason we watch the Oscars. Um, although this is kind of part of the reason why we watch the Oscars for something weird to happen. Um, I mean, I just, the, the moment, we, we watch this um, every year now for the last bunch of years with two of our really great friends, Jess and Jesse, and just, I mean, game changer moment. I mean, we're just going around along, you know, watching these, cheering on these acceptance speeches, and then you have just this moment well, and in my, history. My favorite part of this is, is, like, I am a tyrant about watching the Oscars. It's like pure silence until the commercial breaks. This is one of the few times I went, well, we've got to talk about this, guys. <laughs> like, no one can be silent. We don't talk about with Oh, stop. No, don't do it. Well, we'll, we'll get there. So, you know, thinking about the night overall and thinking about the many awards, and, and we'll, we'll get into a deeper dive of the incident as we'll call it for right now um you know i'll ask like initial impressions are there is there anything from the night that you were really excited by happy with overall i enjoyed the show yes i mean i looked at twitter before we got on here and like twitter does it you know wants to troll everything and hate it um but i there were definitely some some you know mistakes going on from a production standpoint and and little things like that but nothing big for the most part i don't know if it's just because we were really enjoying the winners on the most part i and i think that might be part of it and listen i'm stealing here but twitter like worships everything and values nothing like you can't you know the the thing is is like it it's the voice of the masses so like you're going to get dissenting viewpoints i think my enjoyment was i felt like and this is the dream scenario you and i kind of talked about like what if it could just be an oscars where the wealth gets spread around where everyone kind of gets their flowers where no one's really left out of the dance like 
could it be a night where we're celebrating films so deep that there's something at the Academy that knows like, well, if you vote something in, like it doesn't have to be a clean sweep. We don't need that anymore. We're not building films like that anymore. We're not building our audience to want that anymore. So can we just go, everybody gets a little bit, you know, and gets awarded where they're supposed to be? Because I think a lot of that happened tonight. I did. You know, we've talked so much and and we're not alone, obviously, about this has been an interesting year. Um, You know, you got 10 best pictures that all are very interesting, very enjoyable, really good. Where does the love go? And like you said, it ends up working out because, you know, in some degree, you know, from a film standpoint, there was so much love giving out to all these movies. Now, if you're the person losing in one category, but you're, you know, somebody else sure. won for your film, I don't know how, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you're happy for them. But but from us as a viewing standpoint, it was it was great to see just a lot of recognition for, for this year in film. So I'll ask. Instead of just one clean sweep, which I think you and I started worrying was going to be what the night was. Yeah, and, and weirdly for a movie that we both were like is really impressive. <laughs> but we yeah. just still didn't want to see it happen. So I'll ask, is there an award particularly from the evening that you kind of point to and you're like, that's the one I'm most happy about? Like, that's the one that I feel like, yes, thank you, Let's Academy. just get into, I mean, let's just get into it right away. Yeah. Our, I mean, the our, our house exploded with clapping, cheering, and excitement when that Best Picture was announced. Coda winning Best Picture is everything. Coda, yeah, exactly. It feels like, so... During our prediction show, I described this as, as like, this is like the Frank Capra film he didn't get to make. And like, Coda is such a family film and Coda is so, you know, and I was listing all the like reasons why Coda is amazing. And I just feel like now in the annals of like, look, only one film gets to join that club each year. And I'm like, I'm damn happy that that's the film joining the club. Like, you know, I, I have very famously, and I've joked around with you a lot about this, like, I have this great uh, sweatshirt from the Academy <laughs> Museum shop, and, like, and it has all the best pictures, but uh, you got it for me the year where The Shape of Water won. So it's the last one that's on there. And I've very famously been like, I don't want anything else again, because I the movie that comes after it, I didn't want to see next to it. Um, but now, I don't know, between Parasite and Coda, I'm like, nah, get yeah. me that hoodie again. Like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I think we both agreed that Nomadland should win last oh, year. Oh, yeah, so I love like, Nomadland. So, like, from our standpoint, and, and many are going to tell us, I mean, again, we always talk about it's the beauty of art. Some people are just going to have different tastes. From our standpoint, we're loving the last three years, but especially this year. I mean, you know, Coda is just this movie we all need to some degree. It's it's beautiful. It's it's emotional. Um, It's it's warms your heart it just gives you everything you want and it's a historic win for this yes i mean so you know we gotta there's something to that as well it it well earned historic win yes and i think like the thing with coda that i find so remarkable is like to me it's the best of what film can do make you consider a story that maybe you don't live like that's to me the power of story like that's what it should do it should open you up and broaden you to that there are many different experiences and many voices and viewpoints that matter. And you need to be willing to take those stories in. And Coda to me is an example of that, of like, I felt like I learned something, like something that is not my life experience, but I felt like the universal things of family and dreaming and providing and finding that balance like that all felt universal but then I got this really incredible specific thing of like 
you know, how often had I considered previously the challenges that come for someone who is deaf in a community of hearing people? Like, how often am I really considering that? And to me, a film that does that, and it's not to say that it hasn't crossed my mind, but like, I sat in a filmic space of go of really thinking about that. And I think it's important, like, and you know, this is something that Troy Kotzer, you know, referenced in his speech of like, you know, talking about the ways in which like exposing people to, you know, his, his particular life and like in his story. And now I thought that Coda is his story, but those experiences like are, you know, are so rich for us to understand and to engage with. And like, and that's what makes Coda so incredible because now for forevermore, you know, if someone, t- if you are the type to take stock in the Academy Awarding Best Picture, you're going to go, okay, well, I need to see Coda. Coda's a best picture. Mm-hmm. I've got to watch it. There's something here. And there's so much there. And everyone should see it. Makes up for that, uh, you know, it's a wonderful life never getting the love at the Oscars. Yeah, I'll say that other, it does. You know. And I don't think that's <laughs> ill-placed. There's something about this film that feels very warm. And it feels like it's not completely not dealing with the hardships of life much like it's a wonderful life does right i mean it's not yeah it's not without you know it's 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 trials that's for sure um and i think that there's you know for those that are out there thinking oh this film is it's got the sappiness to it and and weren't happy that this strong wave came on at the end for this this film because i think the audience finally got found uh for it because it was stuck on apple which again this is now the first streaming film to ever win best picture we kind of knew the writing was on the wall on that it was going to be any time but i think we all knew it was going to be this year Uh, is it mean i i'm glad netflix didn't get it first is that mean i thought the same thing okay that makes me feel better (laughs) i don't know why we all have netflix but it was like eh. here's the thing if roma had won i would i would have been completely fine with that (laughs) um but I just think, you know, for all those that are kind of being naysayers, what is wrong? We, not everything has to be dour. It doesn't have to be. We don't have to go through this gut-wrenching feeling. Like, let's have a feel-good movie. And at a time, like, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. And I think that there's so much rewarding of this movie. It's not just it was a feel-good movie. There's so much more going on. Like you said, a lot that many of us could learn from it. Um, so it's it's a really great picture I think also it ends up winning two other big awards for the night. And your your friend Anthony DeSantis, who's you know runs the the films at ArtsQuest at, at Frank Banco Alehouse, he called it. He said Coda wins best adapted screenplay. Yeah, it's got a it's probably gonna win. And I'm gonna be very honest. I thought about that because one that because I looked at you and I went. I, I even said it to you. I was like, yeah. Anthony said. Yeah. Like, and I was like, and I was like holding my breath because I was like, if they say Coda, this might be it. Like, this might actually happen. And even when they announced Coda for Best Picture, I still didn't quite believe it because I was just so happy. And I think like, you know, a feel good movie is important. A film movie is important. But representation is so incredibly important. And this is a film that allows us into a space that's not always captured on film. That's not, and and you have two films this year that are discussing this. You have Coda, which is, it's deliberate. And then you have Drive My Car, you know, who has, you know, you know, has an element of the story where there is an actress who's involved in the production, who is deaf and like kind of looking at like language and like how we, you know, how we understand, how do we bridge those, you know, those communications. Um, So the fact that this happens, I don't know. It's just such a, to me, it feels like such a, 
this is the direction Oscar should be going in. Like, this is the thing that I'm like, anyone can sit down with their family and watch this movie. Yeah. Like, this is not The Power of the Dog, which, although brilliant, I think is inaccessible for a family feature because of its pace. And because I think Western time period can be a little inaccessible. But this is modern. It's got this great, you know, heart of music at the center of it. It's a story of a teenager trying to relate to their family. Like, it feels so... Like, what family doesn't feel some of these situations? Yeah, so, I mean, like, it's hard to be displeased with a night when Coda wins Best Picture. Agreed. And we got Troy Katzer, Kotzer, excuse me, wins Best Supporting Actor. Um, I have to say, Best Speech of the Night. Yes. I mean, mm. again, not a dry eye. No. In our, uh, in, with the four of us watching. Now, again, we were all four of us were rooting for Coda. We disagreed slightly on some of the other films and kind of where we ranked them and things like that. But at the end of the day, we were all cheering for Coda. Troy Kotzer, well, well deserved, you know, best supporting actor. I don't think it was super surprise. Um, Kind of thought Cody Smith McPhee may be the, the upset there. He looked real sour. He did. Yeah. Uh, But luckily he gets it. Troy Kotzer gets up and gives just an emotional speech. Um, Just really, you know, to see him up there signing and, and to hear the words that he's, you know, putting out, it was just beautiful, emotional, funny. Yeah. Um, Did you hear when the translator got choked up? Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just this, and, and, and the crowd, um applauding him in sign language yeah um just remarkable remarkable Um, it felt like a it felt like a big moment and it's the first deaf actor to win an academy award you know with marley matlin being the first actress actress to uh you know a number of years ago but i agree with you there was something in the room where it was like yeah everybody wanted this (laughs) like there was something that's just like because he deserved it so much. And I think everyone just wanted, everyone wanted to witness that speech and witness this person's life and, and work. And I would imagine the immense like challenges that it takes, I think to be an actor in that moment, like I, there is no one who gets to that stage without struggle and hardship. You have to fight to want to be in that. And with the limitation of, representation in Hollywood for deaf actors, that road is even more arduous. And that becomes like a real theme of the night and and the acceptance speech that I know, again, had both of us choked up. Ariana DeBose, one of the best supporting actress. Man, when she at the end, oh God, I'm going to get choked up saying it now when she says there's a place for us. I, I could I, I could lose it right now. Like it was just such a great Oscars moment. Like, and that's yeah. what I wait for all year. These moments where People reach out and say, look, I did this. So can you. Like, this could happen for you. This moment of, and this profound moment in which she spoke to, as she said, her her various communities that she's a part of. And when she just spoke so beautifully about what why this moment is so important and what it means and being in the back of, I think she said, like a white Ford Focus and look in my eyes and see who that person is. Like, it just felt profound. And it felt like I am I am witnessing in so many ways probably the fruition of all of your hard work. And, and I hope, like, a really brilliant and bountiful career after this. Because she's incredible. Not just in this role. I just think she's going to have an incredible career. But, like, that moment just... And we've been 
like, if you listen to the prediction episode, we've been on that yeah. train of this whole season. Well, I, I just, I remember we left West Side Story the night after seeing it and literally looked at each other and went, that's your best supporting actress. Without a doubt. Um, it was, it, to us, it's never been even a question as great as some of these other spots. And then it started, to, everything looked like she would win. Um, two things with that, with her speech, I think uh, such a credit to both her and, and Troy Kotzer of, like, these are two people that have been winning readily lately and so sometimes what can happen is by the time you get to the academy awards the emotional impact is gone a little bit um because it starts to be a little bit of for you know that emotional moment is is gone both still had it you could see how much it meant to both uh which was wonderful i also loved what she had to say and i apologize i don't know the exact words but something along the lines of like you know, with everything going on in the world, sometimes it's kind of, it, it's easy for us and understandable for us to kind of lose sight of the American dream, but that it still exists. And yeah. that she says, like, those dreams can still come true, you know? And and I really appreciate it, her kind of starting off with that and then to go on and, and talk about her representation in all of these different communities. Just a really powerful speech. Well, and I think, like, you know, and I'll go with, like, the, the other speech of the night, too, that I, I know had, had you all sorts of, all sorts of emotional. Questlove, when in for Summer of Solar, when the re- revolution could not be televised. <laughs> Yeah. Wow! God damn! Like, could, I, I mean, are we? I didn't mean for this to be such an emotional like. No, it's great. It's what like, it should be. I mean, and here's the thing: <laughs> Do you want to talk about the elephant in the room with the quest love let's, thing let's before talk or after? After, let's okay. just let's just revel in yeah. quest love. I, I yes. for now. Again, if anybody has not seen Summer of Soul, check it out. It is a really terrific documentary. Uh, you got great music. It, it's very well you know put together and yeah. edit it yeah. um you know to talk about this time and how this festival essentially disappeared um and in quest love was essentially able to bring it back to us yeah. and and bring back the history of it which is just amazing and his emotion was just i mean the guy he could not get through the speech yeah. and there was something so genuine about that well and- I mean, like, if you're someone like us who have been a fan of Questlove music as a personality, you know, who he's been in the entertainment world for the past 10, 15 years, um, at minimum, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's it's hard not to root for him. And then you think about, like, the enormity of this film and, and how it's, it's, it's constructed, how, like genuinely you get to feel like you're in that space with that archival footage like and and just how he how he spoke about the enormity of it and like what it meant to be up there and like you know and the way he expressed his feelings towards his family like it was just again like and you're talking like so now we're talking three speeches in a row where it's like these are great oscars yeah and these are the kind of moments that like this is why i tune in i look the oscars got warts I will not pretend, I won't, listen, I don't like killing my darlings, but I'll be honest about my darlings and like, and the Oscar has problems and a lot. And, and still, as Sydney Poitier once said, like the journey is long and Oscars is still on the road. Like, you know, but at that, this is why you want to watch it every year because you get to see someone's life change or the thing happen that they've always been, you know, dreaming about to be recognized in that way. And it's like, and there's... You know, definitely something to this, like, you do get more visibility for films once they win. Like, I could see, you know, very easily 
theaters having Summer of Soul again or Summer of Soul being at the top banner on Hulu and Disney Plus when you turn on because now it's an Academy Award winning film. Like it takes on a completely different context. So I think you get more eyes on it because of that. Now, whether or not that should be the case is a different conversation, but it is the case. Well, you're getting artists that are being validated for their life, what they have dedicated their life for. Um, And there's something just so moving about that. And, you know, the jadedness of people can look at it and go, oh, it's millionaires, you know, getting gold statues and da-da-da-da-da. And and certainly there's a fair argument somewhere in there. Um, But at the same token, not all these people are are these, you know millionaires like not everybody is this superstar you know you know hollywood icon like these are a lot of up-and-coming artists that you know scratched and clawed and you know now are at get to have their moment at the pinnacle and and get validated for that and it's just something beautiful when when all of that comes out in that emotion and they only have seconds to try to encapsulate oh, right. their entire existence almost, you know, in one moment and, and try to get that out. And, and what do you do? Do you say something profound? Do you say something funny? Do you thank everybody? You know, do you, you know, what, what is coming out? It's, it's a really delicate balance. And, and I think the, the best ones are just most raw and, and yeah. when they just let the moment overtake them. And that's what we got with quest love. Which was extremely difficult, considering yeah. what had happened literally seconds before. Can I talk about one other award Please that I was do. really, yeah. really, really stoked about? Um, Kenneth Branagh winning for Belfast. Cool. Was like, very, I, that, I think that was maybe the biggest surprise of the movie. I gotta say, because no one was calling that. For original screenplay? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love Belfast. Uh, Belfast, you know, listen, I... Ireland speaks to me. We had the most amazing trip and like there's, you know, like a heritage element. Sure. But there's also just something about how that story is communicated that you just really feel for this family and like and Kenneth Branagh just like, you know, bleeding out on the page for this and like and him winning. I thought was great. I, I, I adore him. I think he's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal actor. He's a phenomenal director. He's a phenomenal writer. Like, I'm glad to see that, you know, awarded. And then we have the other part of the night. Well, I want to go back to the Belfast thing because a couple things were funny with this. Um, because I, I know myself, I was rooting for a worst person in the world. Yes. I'm not sure. What were you? Do you know? Um, did you have? I one? I actually, I thought there was going to be a surprise and I thought Licorice Pizza was going oh, to win. Oh, gotcha. Um, I can see that. So, you know, it was kind of like we're rooting and, and our two friends were actually really rooting for Belfast. And so they were very excited. They thought we were disappointed. We're like, no, I mean, we love Belfast. Oh, yeah. You know, we kept making the joke about, you know, Belfast is like, yeah, if I'm ranking it, Belfast probably fell in this middle of my best pictures. But I'm like, it's a movie I absolutely love. Like, it's a, that's what made this year cool and a lot of fun. Because, like, I remember we watched Belfast and when it ended, you were we were just both like, oh, my God, that's that might be the best picture of the year. Like, yeah. so, yeah, to see Kenneth Branagh you know, get rewarded for something that was so personal. Um, You know, again, we're talking about putting your, your life. We just, you know, got to talk about almost famous a lot, you know, recently this week with our uh, nostalgia cinema show and how like, you're just putting your heart on a page and, and Belfast is extremely that. And it's just for him to be, you know, kind of recognized for it is, it was, was exceptional. Well, yeah. Wonderful. And I think too, this is again, the spreading the wealth around like, 
I loved seeing like that or drive my car winner win for international, international feature, feature film. Yeah. I love drive my car and I, and I want more people to watch it. Mainly just so I have more people to talk about it with because it's incredible. And it's a, it's a movie that's like uh, nestled its way into my brain where I don't, I don't think it's going to leave for a while. I think it's a uh, kind of living rent free in my head. Um, you know, so it's, it, I think that's what made this Oscars night really uniquely fun. Um, so this um, is about the middle of the show where they start to, from a, a telecast standpoint, they start to fumble a little bit. Yes. Because they fumbled that international best picture acceptance speech completely. Because of the language barrier, there were pauses uh, within the speech and they kept playing the music to play him off, and he wasn't done with his speech. Well, and this and is I, the thing I want to say. Dude with the little wand who's putting the music on, how many languages do you speak? Right. He's code shifting right now. Give the dude a minute. Yeah. Like, it actually really bothered me because I'm like, he's yeah. he's just trying to find, he has decided that he is going to deliver this in English. Like, give him a second. Like, Agreed. come on. I was a little disappointed with, with how, and I don't think it was intentional. I think they did... There were pauses, so I understood why they thought, but it was like, you have to let that moment, you know, breathe a little bit. You have to give him that that understanding. And time to have emotion. time, Because you yeah. can see that was so part of it, too, is because there was like, yeah, there's, of course, that code shifting, but there's also that... I'm also taking in this moment, and yeah. let me have this, because this is your international feature film. This film is also up for Best Picture. Like, give it time. To, like, really, like, let this person speak about this film because this film is brilliant and he is one and let give him the time that he deserves to get to speak about it. Yeah, it was a fumbling. All right, so then let's let's talk about the weirdest moment of the night. Um, <laughs> we were doing so good, right? Up it was a great night. <laughs> I was having a lot of fun. The hosts were great. I was enjoying the musical performance. I cried my eyes out when, uh, you know, Dos Arigitas was, like, performed. I was, like, bawling my eyes on a, out. On a scale of one to ten, how many times did you cry this evening? Oh my gosh, it was what an was emotional Oscar. Yeah. I felt all emotions because then this next part happens. So if you are blissfully unaware, um, so at at like the midpoint of the show, Chris Rock comes out because he is going to um deliver the award for documentary feature. And Chris Rock, because he has hosted previously, oftentimes when he comes out to present, they give him a little vamping time where he gets to kind of like do what Chris Rock does so well. And so he comes out and he decides to, for whatever reason, um, make comment at Jada Pinkett Smith's appearance. Now, the important thing to note here is the last time Chris Rock hosted, he took Jada Pinkett Smith to task um, in his opening monologue. It was the year that Jada Pinkett Smith was very open about boycotting the Oscars. Chris Rock hosted and yeah, he really did a whole bit at her expense he really did so there's history there Mm -hmm. um he made comment um at her hair she was also wearing a green dress i don't know if this factors but he made comment and he said i can't wait to see you in gi jane too so um jada pinkett smith is bald um this is not a choice but rather she has alopecia so she has lost her hair um and whether or not Chris Rock knows this, I think we'll only find out in the coming days, um, whether yeah. this was a joke that was written for him by someone who was blissfully, un- or not blissfully, but, you know, ignorant of, like, what her circumstances are. So a bad joke, whether it was an intentional bad joke or whether it was an unintentional bad joke, is is still up for question. Yes. But no matter what, really poor taste joke. And then what happens next is Will Smith, who is sitting in the front row. I think a lot of us went into tonight assuming he was going to win for Best Actor and very happy to see this happen. Um, 
uh, goes up on the stage and, and slaps him and then sits back down um, and and begins to yell at Chris Rock to keep his wife's name out of his mouth. Yeah, so, I mean, from the broadcast, uh, you know, if you watched it, you know, but if you didn't watch it from a broadcast standpoint, um, we all just sudden just see Will Smith walking up on stage. We think there's going to be some playful, and then that's when he just smacks him, and you hear it. Um, and you're kind of like, oh, we still don't really know if it's a bit. Like, oh, okay. I thought it was that a bit. sounded I... real, but it was kind of... And Chris Rock, I mean, to his credit, takes a punch. Like, like a boss. <laughs> and, uh, well. and still kind of almost seems confused and tries to make a joke out of it. At that point, the audio from the broadcast cuts out on our end. Yes. Um... And that was what cued us in. I don't know if it was you who said it first or maybe it was Jesse. Like someone was like, no, I think he actually hit him. And I was yeah. like, no. And generally those who know when the audio is cutting out, it means there's curse words being yeah. flown around so I thought, on your delay. I thought like there was a joke being made. I thought this because actually and legitimately, I thought, oh, this is a bit for whatever award he was presenting. So because at that point I didn't know it was documentary feature. Oh, we all wish it was a bit. Oh, man. <laughs> And then, like, and then it's, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't really checking our phones during the broadcast, but I think it was finally, like, Jess went on and, like, she was like, no, it's like, it's, this is real. Like, well, I think we all realized it was real before that I was in denial. Because, <laughs> so I was in total denial. Because Chris Rock looked stunned. And, listen, I don't, I don't think either of us want to get in on this little fun show that we do here too much on the who's right, who's wrong, what was okay, what's not acceptable. I mean, ultimately, in the end, a bad joke was made. You can't hit somebody. I think we can agree on that, but there's a lot more complication to this whole event. Yeah. Um, so, well, because I don't think you and I are trying to sit here and play like moral majority about whether or not what should have yeah, and we'll what should absolutely have do that off. <laughs> Mike. Oh, <laughs> we're just not going to do that on Mike. On Mike. <laughs> no, uh, but no. Because well, well, I also, I'm going to say this. As I said at the beginning, I'm still in the weeds about this. Yeah, so, like, it's I weird. Don't, it's I... weird. It's weird. Um, completely weird. And, yeah, and I think once we started realizing, and to, for whatever this means, to Chris Rock's credit, he kind of does his best to save the situation, moves forward, gets us to the award. This is actually ends up being the award that Quest Love wins, which I at least, although it's hard to say that, this moment doesn't overshadow a lot of things of the evening. It certainly, one could argue, it really overshadows, you know, the Quest Love winning for Best Documentary. But I will say that I'm at least happy that Quest Love's emotion and moment still got to happen. Yeah, and I think, honestly, like, it dominates conversation posts, but I don't think it seemed to, like, you know, Amy Schumer made a, a, a great joke of the, like, what guys, what happened? It seems like there's a weird, like, or a change in the mood in the room. And, like, she, you know, handled that well, but it did seem like people were still getting to have their moments. And then That's what... a, the, the Amy Schumer thing to me, does that give, is that, like, uh, with Steve Martin with the teamsters oh. on Michael Moore or Billy Crystal with who was the silent star when... You know, he was talking and nobody could hear him. Yeah, like uh, that great moment of improv where you know you have to react to something. And yeah. if you don't know, so like when Michael Moore won for uh, Bowling for Columbine, it was a really divisive moment. And Steve Martin came back on stage after Michael Moore won and said, oh, that's so nice. A group of Teamsters is helping Michael Moore into the trunk of a car. Like, and it was a great, like, hey, I'm going to address the fact that people have feelings about this. and yeah. I'm going to make a joke. And it was just, like, smart. And, like, and that's Amy Schumer did that, like, because she was going to be the next host to come out and, and knew how to, or whoever was in the writing room knew how to write, like, this is how we write this moment so that way we can kind of 
get people back into the space of wanting to have fun, but acknowledge that something very weird just happened. And like, and then Will Smith wins for best actor. <laughs> and then that's, that's a, that's a long moment. I have to ask. This. We lived in that space for a while. <laughs> I never thought he was getting off stage. You don't have to, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I have to ask, were you then at that moment rooting for Andrew Garfield or Will Smith? Which did you think for you as a Academy Awards lover did you think was going to help the situation more i think that the tie that i've been wishing for actually would have really helped things oh good you want to put andrew garfield up there with him during this awkward moment yes because here's the thing i think andrew garfield's like adorkable energy and will smith's being just a really kind and i think giving show person i think would have really worked well in that space (laughs) Uh, you know here here's what i'll say about his acceptance speech and again like we are not we are not here trying to be judge and jury to this like i'm going to 100 say that but like it's a very emotional speech um it's there's a lot packed in there and i don't think i i think i'm gonna have to watch it a few more times before i can speak with any eloquence about it um but it's you know it's gonna go down as this oscars moment and like i don't know for the best reasons like unfortunately there was an aspect of this that, you know, is hard because, like, growing... Look, I, you and I both grew up watching Will Smith and everything. Have rooted for Will Smith. Have loved Will Smith. He's an incredible, incredible performer and entertainer and personality. Seemingly a very giving and kind man. Like, you know, someone very obviously very devoted to his family. And I think we were very excited to see this tonight. And some stuff's happened. And I, it doesn't get to be as easy as maybe we wanted it, but yeah. well, hell, the decade we're living in is not as easy <laughs> as anyone wanted it to be, so... I mean, I think that's the shame of it. You know, whether you, where you come out on this is Will Smith, who is a, you know, an actor that we've, like you said, have grown up with, you know, achieved so much. You know, he finally wins a much well-deserved Oscar for his acting prowess. And what's the shame of this, you know, from a historical standpoint and and for Will Smith is that this moment, whether he created or didn't, you know, however you feel on it, is overshadowed by this, you know. But I do agree with you. I think he gives a really emotional speech that I felt was genuine and from the heart um i also appreciate the fact which i gave you know i'm giving credit to chris rock with how he handled himself after it and and still getting through you know presenting the award i think i give will smith a lot of credit because he he addressed it he didn't just get up there and give a speech and and like hey pretend like nobody saw what happened here he addressed it to, to to a more or lesser degree i mean it was emotional it's something we will always you know those of us who love these award show and, and everything will always remember. Um, and, and I don't think what should be lost on this is this is an award for a, you know, for a role that he well deserved mm-hmm. a best, you know, we, yes. we, I think we both really like Andrew Garfield and, and had yeah. our own rooting interest there too. Um, but at the end of the day, Will Smith very much deserved this Oscar. Yeah. So there's no controversy surrounding that part mm-hmm. of it. Like he, he deserved it like this was and i and you know we talk about it like yeah we've been watching him since we were kids but it's like it's not about that like he just deserved it for this performance and then also probably like you know a lot of other performances that he was never even recognized for and i listen i i and maybe i'm being a complete optimist because you know the warmth of oscar season is still upon me but like i don't know is there a way in which if he does an interview and 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 Chris Rock does an interview and we start recontextualizing this. 
I don't know. I feel like you might be able to reclaim part of this narrative. Uh, maybe that's me being optimistic and maybe that's just me loving Will Smith and wanting him to have his moment that like maybe there's something there. Again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I I'm, I really want to be very clear about that. But I just wonder, is there a way to kind of reframe this where it doesn't have to be like, yeah, I won an Oscar, but everyone kind of hates the moment at which I won my Oscar. I don't know. I, I think it's not a matter of that. I think it's a matter of this moment will never go away. This moment will always be there. I mean, this is... Remember, you know, like, when the weirdest thing was, oh my god, Jack Palance did push-ups. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah, I mean, I there's no doubt that this is going to be the craziest thing. This will go with, you know, like you said, La La Land. This will go with Marlon Brando having a, you know, a stand-in for his best actor, you know, win. This will go with, you know, the streaker. Like, this is a Oscar moment. Love it or hate it. Um, awkward or not, it's there forever, and we're not ever going to get rid of it. No, you're right, because it's always going to be there. I'm just, I'm wondering if people can feel better-ish about, I don't know. I think that's, again, that's me being way hopeful. I mean, you know, I thought UFC fight night was last week, but... I think here's the problem. I'm just still really pissy that Dos Arigatis didn't win, and I think that's the problem. Like, well, okay, yeah, he slapped him, but I'm really pissed that no time to die won. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I got a out lot the lighter. Kanto made this evening upsetting too in this household. Um, I'm with you. Best song, completely. They botched. I'm sorry. Yeah. The 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 Bond song was was not deserving of the win. I think that was probably our most upset award of the evening. Yeah, I just I was like, this is stupid, and I hate how this went, and I was so <laughs> mad, and then I was just like. And, and and here here's ultimately the thing. Yeah, one big event kind of like tastes good. But the thing I'm really walking away with is everyone's going to be like, that Will Smith whole thing, that's crazy. And I'm going to be like, yeah, but like Dosa Regitas didn't win. I feel like we really need to talk about that, everybody. We had some very upset people with the, uh, the change of the Bruno song. I know. That they hyped up. And I felt bad because I didn't realize there was upsetness. And I was like, oh, I liked it. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, wait, we're not happy about this. <laughs> yeah, and I get it. I, I get it. Um, I, You and I talked about it. We actually thought maybe that should have been the opening of the show. Oh, it would have been great opening, uh, too. But those that don't realize, they, they hyped up We Don't Talk About Bruno, and it's going to be the first live performance of it. It was supposed to help bring in an audience, too, which here's the couple of things I'll say. They played it so late that if you were trying to get kids there... I don't think that was your best bet. And then you make a decision to change the song, um, which I'm not really sure quite was the, you know, purpose of that. Um, So I think that was a little, you know, for some that was a little disappointing and and very understandable. So on its own merit, it was a beautiful looking, you know, number. Um, and, And it sounded great, but it was not. We don't talk about Bruno. No, and I think that's the problem is, is like, you can't build something. I was like, it's the first live performance. Well, okay, like, you only did part of the song, and you had the whole cast there, so why don't you just do the whole thing? Like, but the thing, I, it felt like, okay, halfway through, we're getting a second opening number. Yeah. Like, and I was like, okay, maybe you just want to kind of, like, put a little energy back in the space. That's kind of cool, but also you build it differently. But, yeah, I mean, again, the first most egregious thing from the night is... Dosorigis is not winning. Second most egregious thing is Cody Smith McPhee's just general demeanor. Third is that somebody got slapped. Uh, not not Timothy Ch- Timothy Chalamet decided not to wear a shirt. Oh, his vanilla ice fi? <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I think I heard tonight, um, ice skater chic. <laughs> um, can I be honest? Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Call me crazy. Yeah, it was fine. There was a lot of fashion uh, tonight that I didn't hate. I gotta be honest, you know, not to get too much into the fashion, but I thought the fashion was great this evening. You know, I think everybody showed up and showed out, and here's why, because, like, it's, you know, the, yeah, there was an Oscars last year, but it was so limited, yeah. how many people could be there, the red carpet was weird, it was like, you know, a big splashy event, and it's like, yeah, you could say there was an entire award season, but yeah, the Oscars are the Oscars at the end of the day, so, like, I think people were, like, here for A lot for of colors, it. a lot of really, you know, beautiful pieces. Beautiful pieces. Uh, yeah, all over the place. You're uh, an Academy Awards purist. I have to ask a couple of questions then. Yes. You know, um, kung fu fighting aside for the evening... <laughs> Although, do you think we'll add that in now going forward? Um, like best fight of the Oscars. Fight, yeah. Yeah. Again, it wasn't a fight. One person got slapped. So, what did you think of the setup of the um, the auditorium, the new setup there? Felt very old guard, but I liked it. Um, okay. The you're talking about like kind of the table setup. Yeah. So if you look at pictures of the Oscars like back when it was like you know at the Coconut Grove and like that's what it looked like. Um, it looked like the the round booths, the very like ring-a-ding-ding Sinatra era like way of like sitting in like Hollywood spaces I liked it I think it was also because again they were limiting the amount of people and like that might not be something that's clear from looking at the auditorium but if you look at in previous years like from the before times they did limit the attendance of how many people could be there did you like the changing every hour of the music so you had a DJ you had a house band and then you had an orchestra in hour three so each hour they changed plus they changed kind of the way visually the set looked did you like that did you really go it didn't really wasn't that noticeable other than them telling me that they did so it? here here's the thing i'm gonna say i really loved it i don't think they had to announce it i think i would have noticed it even if not they hadn't announced it but i get why they're doing it of like just kind of calling attention my only complaint is this travis barker played his drums too loud Gotcha. He, he was overpowering the set that he was in, and that kind of bothered me. He didn't sound too bad during the Reba McIntyre song. He was too loud during the Reba McIntyre You thought song. so? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, not to get too much into this, I, I thought they fumbled a little bit the Ukraine tribute. And I think this is, the producer for the show had made clear, like, this is supposed to be a night of fun and escapism. But then I think they realized, like, yeah, but are you not going to address it at all? That feels kind of odd, too. And I think that's the weird ground we got caught in because, obviously, you're going to want to address and reach out a hand to the people of Ukraine. But at the same time, it felt just so tacked on to then it went into a commercial break and the commercial was about Ukraine relief, but from cryptocurrency. Yeah. So, like... It just, I think, unfortunately, I think if that ad's not there, I think we feel differently about it. But I also feel like, because honestly, when they brought Mila Kunis out, who is Ukrainian, I assumed that's what she was doing. That she was going to address on, like, behalf of, like, the, like, the film community. And a kind of call to action, do what you can. Mm-hmm. And then when that wasn't the case, and it was just a screen, I was like, I don't know. I feel like we could have done a little bit more. I, than I'm that. with you. I would have. I rather rather them do nothing than what they did. It felt tacked on. It felt like they were filling a requirement more than anything. So I was a little kind of you know disappointed with that. Um, another thing that I had seen a little bit before we got onto the show was a little controversial. Was the in memoriam and how they did it. I know in our house here, um, our, our little party, it seemed like we all appreciate it 
what the decision was on the in memoriam. I, I, can you elaborate a little bit more? Because yeah. I know you seem to appreciate what they were doing with it. Uh, you know, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I, I thought the celebration of life, I thought was a really good way of approaching this. Like, look, we live in bummer ass times. Like, you know, it's, yep. it, there's no, there's no cutting it. Like we all are looking for, I think that escape hatch in one form of an, or another, but also you want to be respectful and acknowledge the fact that, yeah, well, the Oscars have always had an in memoriam and that's important to acknowledge these like major figures. And I thought by having Tyler Perry opening it, talking about Sidney Poitier, and I thought having Bill Murray come out and speak on Ivan Reitman, I don't know. I thought that felt beautiful. And I thought the music that accompanied it felt like, yes, this is sad, but also can we celebrate what they gave us too? But I also think that gets wrapped in how you mourn and how you would want to be remembered. Like, I hate to say that that becomes a very deeply personal thing. Yeah. So anyone's reactions to it is is fair and valid. I just, to me, I was like, no, I feel like they're celebrating them. That feels kind of nice. I will say, I, for the most part, really think that it was well done. Um, and I thought it was, you know, what was usually a very difficult, like you said, a celebration of life. And I thought it was really well done. The only thing I wish they would have done maybe a little bit more was there was a decision, obviously, to... Um, profile the dancers which understandably so but what you were losing sometimes where the visual of the deceased were a yeah, little bit more i, I wish that saying. was a little more somehow front and center while still being able to showcase the dancers with that that's a little bit of a nitpick i guess but that would be my only critique of that but overall i thought that was uh pretty good uh, how about some of the tributes um did you like the godfather tribute yes i listen seeing francis ford coppola and robert de niro and al pacino like up on that stage incredible like that's a great <sighs> moment um i love the pulp fiction reunion i thought was just like really fun like uma thurman and john travolta being kind of super dorky and like Samuel Jackson just being awesome as always. And like, I thought that was, I, I like those. Like, and the thing is, is every major film is having an anniversary at some point. Like, so every year you're going to have a batch of films where if you can get a reunion together, do more of that. That stuff's fun. Like the, the white man can't, uh, can't jump yeah. with Rosie Perez and Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. That felt great. Like, yeah, I I'm with you. I love fun. all the tributes. I hope that's something that they continue every year. Um, I thought it was really good. I agree with you. The the Godfather thing was something we needed from a show standpoint. Watching it, we needed something to get us back on track because of everything we've talked about. Because that wasn't very long after the you no, know that's right. <laughs> you know whatever the slap the, the incident, incident yeah. um <laughs> the Will Smith versus Chris Rock um but again not versus was... <laughs> um but you know Sean Combs comes out he gives a really impassioned Godfather you know kind intro. of speech and intro, I loved that which was really cool I felt so hyped up <laughs> and then I loved the music choices for the Godfather montage yeah I'm like yeah you can do the score but we all know it like, I don't know. I thought that felt very, I thought that felt fun. Oh, because we did have a, we had a Bond tribute earlier too, right? Yeah, 60 uh, Years of Bond. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, um, I'm with you. Pulp Fiction was awesome. I loved them. I thought they were great. I would say, let's put the three of them back in another movie. doesn't need to be a Pulp Fiction, but. Just something. I thought they worked great. Um, I liked the White Man Can Jump one a lot. Agree. It was really nice to see Liza Minnelli come out help do the best picture because it was 50 years from cabaret yes. so that was really nice and i think lady gaga handled that whole situation 
extremely well um and the way that ended up working out um was was beautifully done in my opinion i i think you agree oh no i feel very much the same i thought you know and i don't think she realized her mic was still on when she said like i've got you yeah because you could tell like she and you could tell like lady gaga has a great reverence and it was like you know essentially looking at the audience like get on your feet like royalty is in the is in the room right now like it was it was nice um a couple of other awards that um you know um director ends up going to jane campion which is great um started again kind of seeing the writing on the wall on that late um but that's the love power of the dog gets power the power of the dog ends up we were thinking it was gonna end up kind of cleaning up ends up this is the only award i believe it wins yeah, and I think you know the, the Jane Campion of it all, and, and which is incredible. It's you know only the third woman to ever win uh, yeah. Best Director at the Academy Awards. Um, I think you know her speech was a little bit more prepared than I think she's been at other award shows. You could tell like she was kind of feeling the weight of it. And I think you need to kind of prepare for it, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Why it you know it that some of the other things I think we naturally could have thought it would have won, which, you know, like best picture being a huge one here, adapted screenplay, um, cinematography, the fact that those start getting divided, I think started kind of telling the story of the night of like, yeah, best picture is not going to power of the dog, but directing might. Um, and listen, I know there's definitely an argument to be made of like, how can you have the split? But I think the split's important because the split says that, there are a lot of valuable films in the race. Yeah, I. This is a year, and I think sometimes that's valid. This is not a. Uh, this is a year. I think it makes perfect sense to yeah. have a split. Um, you know, you were. I. It was kind of a little bit of very silent in our and again at our little party when Jane Campion wins. Like we're excited to see you know a woman director getting recognized. Uh, Power of the Dog, very deserving win. Um, yeah, for I what she does that... in that movie, but. Like you said, it kind of felt, we kind of saw it coming, and then on top of it, she she unfortunately doesn't give the most dynamic acceptance speech, which is, it's her moment, that's not taking anything away from her, but it... But taking all of that out of it, yeah. it's like, but she deserved to win. Yeah, like, certainly. she was the best director in that yeah. grouping. Like, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, we both think probably the best director doesn't get nominated. Yeah. And, uh... Villeneuve. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve should have been nominated, yeah. but like, um, or you know, and then obviously we were both kind of rooting for Spielberg. Um, but oh, Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Dune, Dune gets cleans up, cleans up in those middle categories of all of the technical categories. Um, again, extremely well deserved. It's hard to really, other than probably best song, to pick a a, a award tonight that we don't think. Should have won. Like, it's everything. The, seems... It's honestly the only one that I go, nope. Yeah. yeah um, we find Belfast won. probably is the most surprising, but again, extremely well-deserved and kind of cool that it wins. I, I feel kind of bad that I wasn't giving it its credit that it probably deserved to win this award. Um, and then the only other one we haven't really talked about, another big win for an actress that's probably long overdue for a, an Academy Award is Jessica Chastain wins for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Which was so happy. Her speech was great. I loved her speech. She took that time to go, yeah, I've been kind of deserving this for a while, but let me let me talk about all of the stuff that's happening. Like, yeah. you know, and, and and speak very passionately. And listen, I, I understand, like, and if anyone has an issue with her saying, like, that she takes a lot of inspiration for Tammy Faye because of Tammy Faye's associations with the church that she was associated with, mm-hmm. like, totally get that. But I think where Jessica Chastain was speaking from is, like, this space of going, like, 
We need to react with love. Like, and, and we need to stop discriminatory practices and we need to, we need to protect marginalized groups. And like that Jessica Chastain got up and said that, like, I thought felt like, you know, like a really nice, like end cap on like the acting speeches of the evening. Like, and she, man, she kills as Tammy Faye. And I think that category could have gone a lot of different directions. And I know like towards this homecoming stretch, like I've been really wanting Penelope Cruz to win because I think Penelope Cruz is incredible, but I'm not upset that Jessica Chastain won because she is so incredible. Such a loaded category. Oh yeah. I mean, this is one of those ones where I think we both go, you almost don't want to give it to anybody because they all deserve it. Yeah, like, let's just give it to everybody. Yeah, I I'm mean, and it. then a couple of that weren't even nominated that probably deserve it too. Um, so yeah, she ends up getting to take it. I like it because Jessica Chastain is a phenomenal actress and has had so many great roles. So she gets this one, and um, I think uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye also wins for makeup, right? Makeup, yeah, as well. So, yeah, only other species. You know, ends up winning a couple of awards, which good for it. I mean, so it's a movie that wasn't real well seen. You know seen a lot but i also don't think it's a film that like the thing that blows you away about it is the filmmaking yeah so i think that's why you don't see it like nominated in more categories um but makeup like clearly deserving because that's obviously and that kind of i think signals to it won for makeup well then there's a fair possibility that jessica chastain might take this because of that but not winning it only because of that. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. And listen, I I put under like the re- one of the reasons I thought she was going to win is I was like, yeah, well, she completely deserves it. But also, Oscars loves a good makeup transformation. Hashtag Nicole Kidman should have won for Moulin Rouge, not the hours. Like, <laughs> you know, because like that's a thing. But I don't think that's the thing that's going on here. I think that's more of an older sentiment with the Oscars. I think this is just no. That performance is great. But I think all things aside, all controversies, you know, moments, what we need to take out of this Oscars is that CODA is your best picture of the 94th Academy Awards. And you can't be upset about that. It's just good. It's just if good. If you haven't seen it yet, Please, Apple TV, it. like, or like, I don't know, message us. We'll, like, we'll pay for you to rent it. Like... <laughs> How much money do you think we make off it? We don't make anything off this podcast. Nobody ever emails us. We're fine. (laughs) How about the first five? Yeah, first five that email us. We'll pay for you to watch Coda. Um, No, you got to check it out. Um, Such a well-deserved win. I think we both, you know, a very weird, interesting Academy Awards. But isn't it good that it was weird? Kind of like the weird. weird. Kind of like you want it normal. (laughs) I don't want it normal. Kind of like the weird a little bit. Kind of like the weird. I don't listen. I don't like any emotional trauma that anyone has endured. But I kind of like a weird Oscars. Absolutely. I can't wait to see how they uh, follow this up next year. (laughs) There's no. (laughs) They may have to fold. (laughs) So, um, any last words on this? You know the the. Put a bow on the 2021 films and the 94th Academy Awards. Lynn, you'll get your EGOT. Andrew, <sighs> yours is coming to Coda. Absolutely well done. Ryan, do you have any final thoughts? My final thought would just be like to point out that I did win the Oscar bet this year. Erroneous! <laughs> I mean, Took you won de- the prize. Yeah, my, my ballot was a mess this year. I was just, I was... Everything I thought I was going to pick, I started just picking at random because I felt, again, the the phrase of the night, I was just in the weeds about it. (laughs) A lot of things were in the weeds tonight. (laughs) And I think that kind of (laughs) sums up the entire Academy Awards this year. But again, Coda, 
beautiful film yes and so happy that that took it home thank you for listening to our bonus episode and following us all throughout oscar season the best part of this guys is it all starts again tomorrow <laughs> there are only 364 days to watch the films that are gonna be nominated for the academy awards and until next time the academy award goes to enjoying the odyssey